0: Hey, good people. Welcome to a little R&R with Rick and Rebecca. Rebecca. Hope you enjoyed last week's podcast. And today we're going to talk about staying connected with others. And this kind of came from the idea that we get a lot of feedback from clients and alumni that one of the hardest parts of transitioning back into the quote unquote real world after the MNTC bubble is staying connected. That clients struggle both with Staying connected to God, to others. And I was actually thinking a little bit ago too, sometimes we struggle to stay connected to our true self when we leave here because the world starts to pull us. So we're going to, that may be a future podcast. So we're going to focus specifically today on what it looks like to remain connected or or become connected to other people and specifically boundaries and emotional safety. Mm. How do I find connection, but in healthy, safe ways? So- Uh, There's a couple of scriptures that we could use to talk about this. Uh, One that came to mind was Ecclesiastes that tells us that a a cord of three strands is not easily broken, right? A pretty popular wedding message, but it's not just a wedding message. It's true in all parts of our life. And also Paul talks about us being like a body, the body of Christ. So we have this theme of scripture all throughout scripture of being connected and of being part of something, right? We have this natural human longing for that. But the reality is that just like sin jacks up every part of our lives, it's jacked up relationships where I'm going to guess this is true for all who are listening, including yeah. Rebecca and myself, that that bad relationships have sort of caused us to be really skittish about new ones <laughs> yeah, or maybe put up real boundaries of anger or other things against them, and we end up being isolated. And so we're hoping that as we talk about, The idea of being connected with others today and and get some good insight for all of us and grow from this. So anything you want to add?
1: Yeah, I totally
0: want to add, of course.
1: Jumping in on the Ecclesiastes scripture, I guess I've never heard it quite like this before, that I mean, there's just certain principles that work whether you are a Christian or not. Sure. Like ask, seek, knock works sure. if you're an addict. You know, sure. Like I, <laughs> That's I, true. I knew who to ask. Uh, you know? I knew what door to knock on. and you I know? knew where to look for it. You know, it just it works. It's a it's a principle that works regardless of the kingdom, and I think um, that cord of three strands also fits. That like. Um, we have relationships that can be built on different things. And some of us have these mutual connections with people in our past based on addiction. Some of us have mutual connections based in our past on trauma and trauma bonding. We, some of us have uh, mutual connections that are based on experience. Right. Some of us, but but the mutual connection based around Christ is something entirely different. Ooh. So that that cord of three strands That's thing good. works no matter what.
0: It's just, what's your third? Right, who's your third part of your cord? What's your third? That's good. Yeah, we can probably all relate to that third being really destructive and unhealthy, uh, but what does it look like when it's connected to Christ? That's awesome. But, uh, so here's another. You know, we used some Benner quotes last week. David Benner quotes. Yep. Here's another one. This actually ties in a little bit to last week's topic of surrender and trust. Are you
1: Are you going to offend me? Here, I'm going to offend you the okay. best I can. So are you ready? <laughs> Bring
0: it. Let's go. <laughs> Do it. Surrender is as much a part of genuine uh, love as it is a part of authentic spirituality. Love invites abandon and intimacy. Love speaks to the depths of our soul, where we yearn for release from the isolation and longing. I'm sorry, and long for the belonging that will assure us we are at last home. Love speaks the language of the soul as it awakens our hunger for relationship and connection. This last line is my favorite. The deepest ache of the soul is the spiritual longing for connection and belonging. No one was created for isolation. If you think about this, we were created out of community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in their image, in God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit's image. So we were created for relationship and community. And the problem is that because of sin fracturing those relationships, we tend to either pull back and isolate, or maybe we have a bunch of relationships trying to find and fill something. And so the truth is, though, that the heart of our existence is we long for connection and belonging. We want to be a part of something. Which explains why people get caught up in drugs and alcohol, at least partly, is that's community. It's unhealthy. Yes, it is. But how do we find that in a wholesome, healthy, Christ-like way?
1: Well, and it's it's interesting because while you were reading this highly offensive quote (laughs) that I wanted you to slow down and actually like I almost feel like we could just take this line by line and we could do – a whole like dissertation on each line, but the I think the only thing that's missing in this quote is that if it's not with authenticity, it's sure. it's like I think that's where we miss it. Like even in Christian circles, we still have uh, an ability to go religious or Christianese or um, somehow polish or shine and come in without authenticity um that that affects our belonging. Sure. Because um because I'm in my addictive nature I'm the queen at deceiving myself. Right. Um and I think I'm uh this it, it makes it really hard cuz I think I'm coming in right with a certain level of auth- authenticity and and have been known as being somebody who was authentic mm-hmm. and yet I'm finding now I don't even know who I am. Um and am having to kind of like relearn that to represent who I am now in Christ. Sure. And so I I'm wondering how how is everyone else out there doing right with that one? Because I, I, I know Some of you might not have any idea what I'm talking about, but there's somebody who's right now going, oh, she just said it, Um, that there's like a, because there is in our addiction this ability to reduce our authenticity, because because ultimately I think we're afraid of who we actually are, so we don't even want to see it.
0: No, that's good. So that sparked a thought. So do you think, so we're created for connection. God made us to know him and us, to know us. So this is a random thought. I I wonder if our souls can sniff out when it's not authentic. You know, we know we were made for authentic connection with God. So I wonder if our souls can tell if it's not authentic. And that's why we have a hard time trusting or a hard time surrendering to a relationship is we are afraid it won't be authentic or genuine, or we're not sure we're even bring our full self to it.
1: I, oh, I so want to see if you can say it again a different way because I want to say yes to that. And at the same time, I also want to say, but we're so pre-programmed, especially in our addiction, right. to just play the game and follow the rules of the right. game.
0: Right. Okay, so another way to say that might be, I think... We know we want something. Yes. Connection, intimacy. And our souls know that means through God. We're created for that. Yes. But because life has messed us up, sin has affected us, we're afraid that if we engage in a relationship with someone else, even if they're good people, that it won't be what we're looking for or won't be authentic, that we sort of either become codependent or we back off or we isolate. Yep. And what we really need to do is just learn to embrace the awkwardness or the uncertainty of that relationship sometimes and
1: yep. trust God. Yes, yes, yes. Which brings to mind like that whole Sermon on the Mount thing of blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Sure. That we, I think we, we, me particularly, I hunger and thirst for a lot of other things and it doesn't fill. Right. And it's like the um, trying to meet the need another way. And I think that playing the game, refusing the authenticity is a way we try and meet that hunger and that thirst for that authenticity, but it never satisfies. And we just go back into performing. Which is what we're all trying to come out of.
0: Right. Well, and the truth is that by trying to find that connection in the world or relationships or stuff, we're putting a really unfair expectation on those people or things because they can't provide what our soul's looking for.
1: Well, ultimately, what I think I've done when I've put myself in those situations is I look to other people as God. Sure. I mean, that's like bottom line sure. is I've, I've picked another God. And it's not Jesus Christ anymore. It's now that codependent relationship, and that's that's my best efforts. Right, is a codependent relationship. That's my that's Ooh. that's my best work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is a codependent yeah. relationship. Yeah, but you can go, you know, from there, it can just spiral into all kinds of mayhem.
0: No, that's true. Ugh. Yeah, the last line of that quote was: "The deepest ache of the soul is the spiritual longing for connection and belonging." And so, I, I think that's where I was going through with my random thought is that we long for it we just haven't found it and so we're skeptical it exists and trust is god i don't know what it looks like but i'm going to surrender to what i do know of you to experience more of you You have a look on your face. Well, yeah,
1: because because I think because I think so many people have experienced abandonment. And it's really like what you're saying is that abandonment thing like abandonment is different than rejection. Rejection is I see the people, I know the people, and then they reject me. So, you know what that is. But abandonment, we don't even know what we're missing.
0: Right. Right. Because you didn't
1: it. have it in the first place. Oh, that's good. And and so when as you're talking about this, I think what we're dealing with is like that that kind of abandonment that is in um, addictive culture. That sure. there, a lot of us have experienced it on some level. That we we don't know what that thing is, and I think that's where that sense of the deep need for right. belonging and connection. And I love uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, The opposite of addiction is not sobriety, but it is connection and belonging. But that whole uh, TED talk that he did was fire. And that that it's like in the face of abandonment and that coming to that place where we find God did not leave. Right. Like he didn't leave. No matter what it felt like. Like – like he loves me as much now yep. as he loved me when I was crazy, as he loved me when I was addicted. The love didn't change. What changed was my understanding yep. of what that love is.
0: Yep. That's good. Ugh. So if anyone's been around me long enough, you know I'm somehow gonna quote Renee Brown. Of so course you are. Here's uh <laughs> here's here's something that goes along really well with that. She says this, you have to be willing to let go of who you think you should be oh, in on. order to be who you are and in order to have connection. So again, going back to the fact we haven't experienced it. So we're afraid that if I bring my authentic self to it, they're going to reject me. And I'm not always convinced the other person's bringing their authentic self. And so there's always going to be disconnection. Right? Oh my gosh. So I have to go, you know what? I'm going to bring myself self warts and all to this friendship and I'm going to get better and grow and change but I can't I can't bring what I'm not and if I don't bring who I am I'm not really being authentic and you don't actually know who I am so well, unless you know me in my struggles you're not going to fully know me
1: right and unless somebody fully knows you they can't actually they, love you. No. Haven't and so. and I think a lot of it though is that for people who have gone through recovery, um when you're going through recovery, I don't like I mean I I know I say this and it sounds a little nuts, but I don't care. Is that I I don't know myself right now. Like sure. I I I don't um I don't know me and I'm okay with that. But what I'm doing in any moment right now is actually working on not just bringing myself into the moment, but using that moment as an exploration of who God has designed me to be. And kind of coming in fresh with the idea of, like, if I forgot I was ever addicted, like, I mean, like, having that, like, if I... If I don't remember the addiction, if I don't remember the abandonment, if I don't remember the rejection, if I have supernatural amnesia and I come into a moment and I just bring what I know of myself into that moment without pain, trauma, um, the negative, if I bring myself into that moment, then who am I in that moment? And I feel like that's, that's my more authentic me. That's good. Paul said it this way, you forget the former things.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. So we talked about one aspect of this is that we're maybe uncomfortable with or unfamiliar with authenticity, and that's a barrier. I think there's another big barrier to relationships and to authenticity and connection, and that's shame. So Brene talks a ton about this in most of her work about the idea how shame creates that barrier. So if we go back to Genesis, we see it from the beginning yep. when Adam and Eve sin, what's the first thing they do? They hide. They they cover themselves and they hide in the, in the bushes because they're convinced that now because they've changed that God's going to abandon them or whatever. And I think that's a great picture of what a bunch of us have done in our sin Because we're convinced that people can't see me as I am. So I need to either hide or cover up or both in order to be maybe even partly received. And and I think that goes along with a quote I just read earlier too, that you have to be willing to let go of who you think you should be. Like I think bringing yourself, even in its messiness is part of the process, but shame definitely keeps us disconnected. If I think about my own life and shame, I think about how I was convinced that I wasn't lovable and that I'd done wrong things and God couldn't love me. And so I would disconnect because of that which, of course, reinforces the isolation, the loneliness, yep. and I would even do more of that. So it's so destructive. Like, thoughts about shame and how, in your own life, how that's become a barrier to connection.
1: Oh, my gosh. Shame for me, I think there was, like, the core belief that I, I grew up with this idea that I was always too much. Hmm. And so the idea of being too much made me never enough. And so when I look back on my life, like, my struggles with my weight, it's like... It sounds funny, but yeah. it was like that a lot of it was born out of the belief that I wasn't enough and I ended up having to take up more space. Right. I mean, it was like a spatial issue huh. for me. It's very weird how that all worked and how um, how personality-wise believing I'm too much right. causes me sometimes to shut down because then I think I don't want to overwhelm. It's like right. it. It right, right. shame will either blow me up
0: literally or will minimize me. And there's no middle ground. So is it fair to say then that when that happens, not only are you not connected to other people the way you would want to be, or at least they don't know who you really are, but to, to our earlier point that the disconnection isn't just from God and others, it's also from ourselves. Oh, the
1: disconnection starts yeah, with me and moves sure. outward with okay. like so many ridiculous walls of defense. It gets, it, it's, it's okay.
0: staggering. Okay. So what would be, maybe we should talk about some, some ways to break through that shame because part of our subtitle for this particular podcast is how to have good boundaries and emotional safety yes. in connecting with other people and shame plays into that. So let's suppose that I have some issues with shame in my life and I realize that's a barrier to connection. What are some steps I could take to break through that, but still have good boundaries and still be emotionally safe, but yet connect?
1: Well, you know, of course, my one thing is going to be get in a really healthy recovery program. Sure. Like a really healthy recovery program. Um, Because everybody knows you can go to a church, but you can also go to a dysfunctional church or you can go to a healthy church. So you got to find... Uh, the place that is really a healthy place for you. And the same works for recovery meetings. I am learning for myself. I can't just be involved in a spiritual community. I've got to be involved in a recovery community around the recovery that I need. So when I get myself plugged in with 12-step people who understand my particular issue, it becomes a different level of emotional safety than I think even... I'm not saying you can't do it with Jesus. I'm saying Jesus was so good he led me back to the twelve steps. Right. (laughs) So, so yeah, uh, and I love that.
0: Yep. Yep. That's good. So, some some steps to break the shame might be to first recognize. What beliefs I have about myself that are holding me back, or even my beliefs about God that are holding me back, just like Adam and Eve had to reckon with the fact that they thought God had abandoned them essentially or wouldn't accept Uh, them back.
1: Okay, so from an addiction standpoint, though, Rick, the problem is this, is that I think... I told myself I'm supposed to be a child of God, so isn't that going to be enough? Oh,
0: yeah. And so
1: I put a big X through the fact that I am also an addict. Sure. And so, you know, I kept telling myself that I'm not supposed to factor that in anymore now that I'm a child of God. So this is why I'm promoting the recovery community part really strongly is that I am an addict who is also a child of God (laughs) and and I get to be both at the same time and there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: Because then that way I've got, I've got the safeguards around me that I'm, I'm creating connection and community, but I'm also not ignoring because I think it's really easy for me to pretend now things are different, and I create a, a, a lack of emotional safety for myself and others. Sure. As soon as I start to disregard the fact that I am, have always oh. been, and to the best of my knowledge, until I get a new glorified body, I'm an addict. And it's who is okay.
0: Simultaneously a new creation it, in Christ.
1: Simultaneously yeah. a new yeah. creation in and Christ you, and in
0: recovery. Sure. And not to put words in your mouth, but I think what you're saying is recognizing you will always have addictive tendencies.
1: Thank you. That sounds better. Because I'm not actively functioning sure, in addiction. For
0: sure. And yet, Christ in you is overcoming those yes, tendencies, right? Absolutely. Amen. That's the flesh and the spirit battle. Absolutely. So we're good. Let's assume that we have some people listening who have been struggling with connection to a church community or recovery community or friendships, or maybe start off doing that and sort of started to wander a little bit because of shame or whatever the reason might be. Let's just throw out some potential next steps for embracing or engaging, but yet having good boundaries and being emotionally safe. And just a couple I could think of is Find a couple of safe people yes you don't have to find 50 right away oh my gosh like find a couple safe people who love jesus who are healthy and sober and who can help you open up to who you are and also open themselves to you so find a couple of safe people and then and then take baby steps again like with trusting last time take baby steps in in pushing past your shame to be open and vulnerable appropriately in terms of sharing your past or sharing your struggles and 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 see how that's carried or how that's protected by that community, and then I think in terms of with God, it's recognizing that just like with Adam and Eve, He came to find them. He knew exactly what yes. they had done. Yes. Yes. They were quote unquote hiding. God knew exactly where they were. And when He asked the question, "Where are you?" that's not a location question. No. It's a relationship question. Yep. So recognize that although we need to have healthy human connection ultimately our soul longs for the god connection it's gonna be that first. and so recognize he's looking for you he's seeking you out he's not hiding and embracing that i think is part of this process too uh and and making that connection, is going to be a little difficult maybe for some of us, but taking those steps of faith and doing that.
1: Yes. Can I also just do a plug sure. that if you are not plugged into alumni events, this is a great yeah. opportunity because nobody's going to understand you like another yeah. Teen Challenge graduate. Nobody's going to understand the language of – Teen Challenge culture, nobody's going to understand the work that you went through, the time that you spent here, the investment you made in your own life, and the experiences that you had. And so there's a lot of you who have established brothers or sisters for life through the program. Reach out to one another because there is a strength in that simply by having – had that shared experience.
0: I have one more rabbit trail. A thought just occurred to me, right? Bring it. The last line of that first Benner quote was, no one was created for isolation. And I was thinking about how, you know, again, we're hardwired for a connection with God and others. Uh, We can't do this on our own. Oh my gosh. Like we need God first. But again, Paul's analogy is the body. I need my toe as much as I need my spleen and my eardrum. Like we're yes. part of each, we're part of the same unit. Yes. And so I think recognizing that's important. But the thought that popped in my head was I can be isolated from my own reality by covering it with stuff or not owning my own things or not being vulnerable to Myself, and so don't be isolated from yourself either. If that makes any sense, it's God, it's others, and myself. There's connection all three of those ways. Just a random weird thought that popped in my head.
1: Yeah. So on on that note, uh, Rick knows that I do a ten step daily inventory, and one of the questions that I daily ask myself is, um, you know, was I resentful? That's you know pretty standard. Um, Was I dishonest? But when I ask myself, was I dishonest? It's the question isn't, did I lie? The question is really, how am I fighting reality? And it's when I look at that question of how am I fighting Mm -hmm. my own reality? It's amazing to me how often I don't think of that as dishonesty. I think of it, it's almost more like a self-righteous indignation, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, can, yeah. I can just justify it. But in reality, what I'm doing is grabbing control or trying to grab control of something I have no control over. Yeah. And I'm literally fighting reality and ignoring yep. what God is putting in
0: front yep. of me. So there's three kinds of connection here Oof. to myself to others, and ultimately to God that leads me to wholeness and health. Mm -hmm. All right, awesome people. If you have any comments or questions, please put them on the app. We'll uh, get them in a future episode. uh, Before we leave today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you much, much peace. See y'all. Bye.